As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Hello and welcome to Blizzard Watch's Blizzard Con, Blizzard Con just thing we're doing. We're just doing a thing. It's a show. We're doing it. BlizzCon is happening, and we're all kind of confused and excited. It it's, happens every year, and every year we're like, ah, why is Look, this it's happening? It's late, people. It's late. We're tired. <laughs> yeah. Um, we're recording this. Basically, everything but the the closing ceremonies is over now, so we feel like it's as good a time as any to talk. But before we do anything, let's do a quick intro. Usually, I just introduce in, and we just go. But since we have a bunch of people, I'm going to say, guys, let's start with uh, Liz. Introduce yourself, please. Hello, I am Liz, and uh, yeah, I've been watching BlizzCon, and I'm kind of punch drunk at this point. I think we all are. We're all pretty punch drunk. Also with us, he's never been actually on the podcast, to my knowledge, but he's been around forever. Uh, Dan, do you want to say hi Tell introduce yourself? To- hey, everybody, it's Dan. I was on the ground for BlizzCon both yesterday and today, and I saw a lot of great things. He's actually Thank in you. Anaheim right now, so. Yes, he is our guy at the spot. Um also on the sh- on the show with us today, first time on the show for us as far as I know, and I've been around a lot. I think I'd notice, uh, Corey. Hi, Corey. Say hi to everybody. Hello, everybody. I'm Corey. Uh, I feel like I've aged about a week in the last day and a half, so it's been pretty fun. Welcome to the team. <laughs> it's super great to be here. I'm so happy. That's, that, that's pretty normal. <laughs> yes, that that is something that happens. Uh, myself and Ian, you guys know us. We know the deal. Let's start talking about BlizzCon now. Okay, I want to Uh, talk about the elephant in the room, like, right off the bat here, right? Sure. Okay. Rossi, why didn't you just, like, straight up tell us that you were a barbarian from Diablo? Like, immediate. Like, why didn't you just say that outright? Because that would have, like, solved so many questions over the years if we had known that you had time-traveled or come through some sort of vortex from Sanctuary to here. Because that was weird. (laughs) All I can tell you is that there are very, very powerful NDAs <laughs> that limit what I can tell you at any given moment. <laughs> no, obviously it's not. They cross uh, the vast ob- expanse of space and time and fiction. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I mean, when even your wife is like, hey, I'm like, honey, it's not me. Oh, she, her too, huh? Okay, yeah. all right. Even even my wife said, you know, something to those those words. I mean, the the Q comments, my Twitter feed. Yeah, I do bear a somewhat of a resemblance to the the CGI barbarian in the Diablo Immortal trailer. So yes, 
Uh, I accept that next year, if I do get to go to BlizzCon, I'm probably going to have to work out continuously for the next year. So I'm ripped enough to make, to like work a cosplay in because I'm going to have to cosplay. Uh, if you're watching the stream, I've got one of my barbarians up so you can get a look at what I'm going to have to do to myself to to try and live up to this. But yeah, it was it was something to see. But yeah, should we just talk about Diablo Immortal first? Um, rip the band yeah, off? Yeah, I, I figured we would kind of segue into that. And it looks like we have just been joined by our other Blizz, Blizzard Watch employee on the ground there, and that would be Mitch. Hey, Mitch, pipe up. What's up? It's me. I was going to be so excited. I'm like, wow, we never had her on before. And it's just <laughs> 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 No, Rochelle. It's just Mitch. <laughs> hey, I Mitch, how's it going? Throw... Just like visiting home again. Oh, it's just me. Okay, you're cutting in and out quite a bit there, Mitch. So maybe double check your push to talk settings or whatever there. Okay, is that any better? Am I not cutting out? Could yep, just be the you're internet, fine. Uh, okay. Anyhow, we were, we it's were... going well. I'm busy. It's busy okay. and exhausting. But... Well, since both you and Dan are on the show and you're both there on the floor, uh, Dan, I know you played it. Um, talk to me about Diablo Immortal. What's it like? It is a Diablo game on phones. It looks a lot better than Diablo 3. Wow, Mitch, you, you sound a lot like Dan. Except not. But you said both of us. To just... I, said, I was going to say Dan <laughs> first, and then you. Okay. But, since, since you jumped in, go ahead and talk. We got. Come on, give us some details. All right. Now that I have your permission, um, it's it looks three like the character models in Diablo three. Um, you know, every time I log in, and I was saying this on the to someone on the floor, like I don't play it enough where I'm ever used to the the models in Diablo three. So when I do launch it. It's always kind of like, oh right, the, they're kind of polygonal, polygonal, and um, this does not look like that. Like they actually, they look very good and high quality, especially because they're on the phones. And this is one of the points um, they made during our interview was they, you know, on the big screens, it might look a little bit Diablo three esque in terms of graphics, but it's made for the phones, not so when it's in the, on the phone, it it looks really good and it it plays like a Diablo game, like. It's going to take a little getting used to the the control scheme because obviously it's not a mouse and keyboard or you know even console controller. But I my opinion of it switched very quickly from the interview to actually playing it. It just consistently went up. Okay, All right. What about um, you, Dan? Yeah. Do you have anything for us, Dan? I had much the same impression. The um, it, it very much felt like Diablo three with the graphics and the music and the sound effects it's everything that you're used to if you play Diablo 3 and um it it only took me a minute or two to really get um familiar with the controls and then it became that kind of action clicky game that it's known for but on your phone it's going to be one of those really great games that you pick up for like 10 15 minutes and and play and have some fun and then put down um cuz you're on your way somewhere and uh i i went in with pretty low expectations since it was a mobile game but i was impressed with the polish and the gameplay. Yeah. And kind of on that note of like, you know, popping and played for like 10, 15 minutes, they specifically said they are designing the game in a way that you can do that. You can play it like mobile players typically play mobile games, where it's those small windows, maybe frequent, you know, throughout the day, but small windows of time or, you know, um, because NetEase is co-developing this, uh, the, the audience over in the East, you know, they will play mobile games for, hours and hours of the, obviously not you know just wherever like you have to keep it plugged in 
at some point during that uh, five to six hour period. But they did specifically say five to six hours is, you know, what some players over East will play mobile games and they are designing it with both of those play styles in mind. That's cool. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm any trouble playing it? Like, did you feel like the controls were like hard to use or anything? Um, for me, I, not a ton. Um, one of, again, I'm going to keep referencing the interview because it was very insightful, but, uh, they, they mentioned people aren't necessarily used to joystick, uh, on mobile titles, but, you know, Fortnite has sort of introduced that to Western mobile players a little more recently, but still it's, it's much more of an Eastern mobile market kind of thing. Um, and I've played a little bit of Fortnite on mobile. And so I kind of, it was something I was used to, to a degree, I feel different. Um, and you know, not everything was exactly intuitive or what I would expect it to be. Like, uh, for instance, the abilities you hit with your you know, right thumb, but you have to like kind of bring up your ability menu to see what they can do. And I was kind of hoping like I going to get a quick tooltip. So it, it took a second to kind of understand, okay, how do I actually know what the spell is doing? I mean, you have, you have graphical indicators. So like, if you hold down on one before actually releasing it, because releasing it's going to activate the ability, but holding down on it, like I was the wizard and I had arrows just aimed in all directions. And I was like, okay, obviously something is going to shoot in all directions uh, once I release this. So it's the specifics of the spells maybe um, weren't readily available unless, you know, I kind of had to navigate to find them, but it was intuitive in a way that like, okay, this air, like this spell is pointing in, probably going to do something that way all right all right uh dan you played a monk right i did because i also play a monk uh in diablo 3 what how did you feel on your monk did you feel like the translation was good did you feel like it captured the essence yes i felt like the translation was really good i you had the lightning punches you had seven-sided strike you had a flying kick um you have that ability i forgot what it's called where you pull everybody towards you um i'm not the most like dexterous twitch guy which is why i can't play games like overwatch but i didn't really have a, much trouble getting used to the controls and like um mitch said you don't you kind of didn't know what your abilities did at first but you know a couple of groups of mobs later you figure out how things combo you know with the monk you can fly kick into the mobs and then you can uh force them to all come to you that are on the outskirts and then do seven-sided strike and kill everything in the range and um and once I figured that out, it got really fun. All right. Okay. I feel like we need to talk about the other elephant in the room, and that's the one where everybody was kind of annoyed with the fact that Diablo's coming out with a mobile game for some reason. And I, I can't believe it. Diablo 4 died for this. Okay, yeah, but well, Diablo we, 4 we didn't... bring everybody in. Yeah. Not yeah. even start. Do not even start. <laughs> oh, no. Di- Diablo 4 uh, uh... didn't even, like, die, though. Diablo 4 is still in development. This is just, like, another... That's uh, and they pointed it out today in the Diablo panel that they did. I watched a little bit of that. The the Q and A that wasn't a Q and A. It was more like a world thing. But one of the things that they pointed out, like right at the top of the of, of the program, was that the Diablo team is working on. They have multiple teams in there that are working on multiple projects. This is just one of those projects that they are working on. The other ones they are still working on completing, and they will announce those when they are ready. Which is kind of what we got from that whole you know the blue post thing where it was like hey guys maybe don't expect the whole diablo 4 thing because that's not going to happen but we do have other stuff to talk about this is the other stuff they had to talk about and i i don't 
maybe it's just me because I do play games on mobile. Like I have games on my phone and I have games on my iPad and I do play them fairly frequently as anybody that is my friend in Animal Crossing knows very, very well. So I'm not like upset about this announcement and I don't quite understand why other people are. Um, I think you're forgetting that time that they announced Hearthstone and then WoW expansion stopped for like five. (laughs) Oh, wait, that's not how that works. Go ahead, Liz. Uh, Well, Scott wrote a really good post about kind of Blizzard PR and how Blizzard handled this. And I think (sighs) the community reaction has been overkill. It's been really bad. People have been very cruel and rude and just unpleasant. But I also think the PR has gone through this weird cycle of building hype where they made this video and this blue post where they were super like, we're working on all of these Diablo projects and there was going to be an awesome comic book. And there was going to be, there were rumors about a Netflix series, never officially confirmed, but pretty good rumors. And then they had to make another blog post. that was like, okay, y'all, we told you to be excited, but not that excited. And So it's like they've gone back and forth and everyone expected something really big this year. The first BlizzCon panel was a Diablo panel and everyone was hyped. And then they come out and it's not Diablo 4. It's a Diablo mobile game, which isn't what PC gamers want. Yeah, I kind of understand why people are upset as somebody who doesn't play mobile. But I, I really feel like the upset level is way, way outsized from what's actually going on. Like, I get, you know, I'm I'm a little disappointed we didn't get a Diablo 4 announcement. Although I'm now more certain than ever that they are working on Diablo 4. I mean, I, I mean, just, there's, you know, they've pr- practically clarify, done everything but say, yes, we're working on it. To clarify you know. here, I'm not, I mean, I want Diablo 4. Do not get me wrong. I want Diablo 4. And I am disappointed that we did not get Diablo 4. But... I'm okay with this other thing that they are giving us in the meantime. And there are a lot of people who are getting really upset. They're like, it's a cash grab. They're going to go with microtransactions. They haven't mentioned anything about any, if, if anything, all they have said so far is we are focusing on gameplay and we haven't talked about that other end of things yet. Yeah. They have no business model for this game. Yeah. There's no no design. They have no idea how they're going to sell it to us. So it's not uh, I we're say getting this. upset about that or pressed about that right now when it's not even a factor yet. I mean, if they come out three months from now and say, yeah, you're going to have to buy everything in this game, then I'm like, yeah, okay, hands up in the air, I'm out. But like until then, it's Diablo. What gets I want to smush some demons. Game? I can smush some demons. I'm happy yeah. about that. I don't know. Go ahead, Rossi. Sorry. What gets me... No, it's fine. One of the things that gets me about this game is that it is something people have talked about for years. People have been talking about, imagine if they made World of Diablo. Imagine if they made a Diablo MMO. They did. That's what this is. It's an MMO. Go read Mitch's interview. Yeah, they they drive it home a lot. And that was one of the things in the demo that, like, I I totally forgot that aspect. And I I shouldn't have because they times in the interview but like i'm playing walking along and all of a sudden i see you know because it's the demo like barbarian zero zero one walking around it, it's another player like but it's it, you just see other people and they're just there killing things alongside you and it's like oh right i'm not like i don't have to invite anyone to my group to town doing the same things i am um you you can queue for dungeons too like 
uh, in the demo, it was it was fairly on the rails for obvious reasons. But you got to the dungeon entrance, and it was like, do you want to enter solo, or do you want to try to find a group for this? And it was, you know, kind of like a, a group finder thing where it counted down from like 20, and then it extended the queue timer, and eventually it found you a group. And I had a full group of, well, I don't know if full is the right term, but I had a group of four people for the final dungeon slash boss, and it was really cool and simple and easy. Yeah, so uh, since Corey hasn't gotten to say squat yet, I'm going to try and see. Corey, you got any reactions you want to throw out here before we move on to uh, it looks pretty cool. Uh, it'll definitely liven up my commute to work every morning that I go, so that'll be nice. I do understand uh, a lot of people's upset reactions, and I think that if they had gone with different classes, if they had used like the Diablo 2 classes, or at least mixed it up between 2 and 3, we would see a lot, a little bit more of a positive reaction there, because now it just feels like Diablo 3 squished onto a phone, because it's you know, the same six classes that are in Diablo 3. Yeah, I get that too. But they... And again, that is something they definitely talked about. Like, we're always going to be trying to exp- expanding this. Like, they they all but said, yeah, we we want to add more classes later. Oh yeah, and they went and with this or these classes was because these are the ones people know, and these are kind of iconic classes at this point, and they also represent a lot of different playstyles. Plus, I mean, I'm right, I had to go in for a lot of motion capture, so they had to do the barbarian once they figured out. Yeah, that. you did a great <laughs> yeah. job, man. Go ahead, Corey. There, yeah, Sorry. There's, there's no witch doctor. Uh, Go ahead. That one is not included. Go ahead, Corey. Uh, and remember, with the microtransaction stuff, when people when they were talking about that we don't know the business model, when they announced Overwatch, everyone was like, oh, no, we're going to have to buy every new hero and every new map as it comes out. Or they were expecting a much more Heroes of the Storm style parceling out of content. And Overwatch launched at one price point, and, you got, and we get every new map and we get every new hero as it comes out. Sure, you don't there are pay for heroes at all, but, do you? No, no, they're they're free. They you have the game, you have all the heroes. Yeah, so like for, for Overwatch, it's mostly cosmetic stuff, right? Yep, just the the skins and the emotes and the sprays. Everything that the I think the only thing you can purchase purchase in Overwatch is loot boxes, and the loot boxes just have cos- cosmetic items. Like they don't have anything that affects gameplay at all. But, but the point being, we don't really know anything about the financials of this game yet because they don't know about them yet. They're still working on getting the game done. Um, but we, we've been talking about it for a while. Uh, do you want to do that break really fast? While Can I say can? one real quick thing before we do that? Just okay. Uh, a lot of the people who, at least my impression, the, the views I've seen, people complaining about it have not played. And okay. the people who have played it, it, it seems to be either like, yeah, it's not bad. It's not my thing, but it's not bad. Or I am pleasantly surprised. And Dan and I, I think, both fall into that letter camp. But don't don't knock it till you give it a try. Okay. All right. Before we move on here, if you guys enjoy our show, you should consider checking out Degustabox at blizzardwatch.com slash Degustabox. Degustabox is a monthly food box full of delicious treats chosen to surprise and delight subscribers. Each month, you'll receive 10 to 15 full-size items that are either brand new to the market or are just plain interesting items you might never have thought to try before. Basically, these are things from different areas. Like, how did I describe this before? I think I described it I live in an area that's considered a test market, so we get weird items every now and again. They'll show up for a few months and then they'll disappear. Sometimes they'll go to a wide distribution. Sometimes they'll disappear entirely. The stuff that you find in Degusta Box, it's regional stuff that you aren't necessarily going to find in your grocery store, along with stuff from just different areas of the country that you may not have like thought about trying before. Last month, October's Degusta Box was 
it had a bunch of different stuff in it, including original Sixlets and fruit-flavored Sixlets, which I didn't know existed. They're kind of like little round candy things. They're very good. Uh, it also had, I'm going to pronounce this absolutely wrong, waffletten milk. They're these little rolled waffle baked things dipped in milk chocolate, and they looked absolutely delicious. And a box of Pirate's Booty, or a bag of Pirate's Booty. If you've never had Pirate's Booty before, think like uh, Cheetos Puffs, except they're white cheddar, and they don't rip your mouth apart. They're probably one of my favorite snacks. So yeah, um, when you sign up for Degusta Box, you get 10 to 15 items in the mail once a month. It's pretty cool. You get snacks. If food gets you excited, use the link blizzardwatch.com slash Degustabox to receive $10 off any new subscription. Moving on. Okay, we there are other things we should be talking about. Um, one of the yeah. things that happened. Uh, well, first off, we got our the official commencement date. When we know when WoW Classic is coming out, it's summer of next year. Yeah, uh, summer twenty nineteen. So, and they they did actually quite a bit on that, and we can talk about that in a little bit. But one thing that was a complete surprise was the Warcraft three reforged announcement. I didn't see that coming. I, I had no thought idea that was if coming. we got anything, I thought if we got anything, we would get like a Diablo two. Yeah, I, 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 what does everybody think? Let's go around, move around the group. What did you guys think if they were going to do a remaster? It looks like, you... it looks like we had Ted, have had Ted join us here in the room. Ted, you want to pipe up and say hello? Hello. Hi. Also what do you think about that Warcraft three reforge thing? The graphics that I saw were absolutely amazing. That was the game that got me to fall in love, really, with Warcraft and, and with Blizzard games. So the opportunity to, to play it again with those enhanced graphics seems like it'd be real exciting. Dan? Uh, yeah, I actually got to play it, and uh, I really enjoyed it. Um, I spent, in the one mission they give you, there's a timer. You have to do something. You have to finish something before Malganus does. And I spent, like, half my timer writing down abilities and stuff to write about it. and I, And I still was able to beat Malganus and finish the mission, which was great. So there's, um, I just point, I just want to point out that there's like a normal mode and a hard mode. And Mitch and I got to interview some Warcraft three devs and, uh, they're considering some other modes as well, which would be great. But, uh, I really liked it. It reminds me how much I like RTS games and in particular Blizzard RTS games. How'd the graphics look? I thought they looked great. Uh, Mitch will have a different opinion, which he'll tell you. Okay, let's let's have him tell us, Mitch. Yeah. Uh. So the graphics look they are they are without a doubt better, but it, Blizzard went for a more realistic approach to them, as opposed to like a cartoony approach. And part of this is definitely because in my mind, I have imagined Warcraft Three being remastered or like Warcraft Four or what have you, uh, for several years now, just because it's something I have wanted for a while. And then when Heroes of the Storm is it, this is the engine, this is what Warcraft would look like. And it's not that. It's it, it's a more realistic, definitely higher resolution, um, but it's a more realistic take on the game. And it's not as stylized as, as I thought. And it, it looks weird at times. I guess it depends on... You know, this is definitely me being like super nitpicky too, because you know when this you're playing the game... This but, wasn't a finalized product though, was it? No, no, and that, that's, that's another thing thing too it's not finalized um and this is also again i was you know the the writer critique in me was like zooming in on everything oh what does this look like compared to this and the example i've kind of gone to is that i, I had a uh, arthas standing next to a fire and arthas looked you know 
freaking amazing. Like you've seen how he looks and the fire kind of looked, you know, much, much older. And it, it's, there was a sort of disconnect between the two, but I will say Dan and I kind of asked about this during an interview and they said that part of the reason they did that and they took this sort of approach is because they actually do plan to allow classic Warcraft 3 players to play with Warcraft 3 Reforged. And if they had gone with like the Heroes of the Storm engine, for example, or in a, like things interacting with each other would not have worked the same. So the graphical approach that they took makes sense from like a, what they're aiming to do technologically and, you know, in terms of multiplayer, um, because they they want you to be able to do that with the panels, but that was a surprise to me, and also I think that's really cool that that's their aim, and it, it makes a lot more sense in that context to me. Well, Liz, did you, what did you expect them to do Warcraft 3? Did you think it was going to be something else, like Anne thought it was going to be Diablo? What did you think it was going to I really, I really thought with the hype it was going and honestly, I don't know if I'll play play Warcraft Remastered. I was I was a StarCraft fan. I was a Diablo fan. I was never really a Warcraft fan before I started playing World of Warcraft. So I don't think it's not a game for me. I may play it. I may not. Corey? I was expecting it after the StarCraft remastering, that it just made sense to go from an RTS to another RTS. Uh, I was kind of maybe thinking we were going to see Warcraft 2 bundled in with that as well, but that would have been a huge, huge project and that's understandable. But holy crap, the graphics look good. The, when they put the screen up of the ghoul next to the ghoul, I, I said, oh man, out loud to myself in my room. Just like, holy, that looks so good. So I can't wait to get my hands on it because I put a lot of hours into Warcraft 3. I want to jump in here real quick with an interesting uh, graphical tidbit we got out of the interview, which is um, they looked at Stratholm in WoW and they reskinned Stratholm in Warcraft Reforge to look more like the one in WoW. Ooh, neat. Uh, they they oh. didn't change the layout because the layout had to be the same for the RTS, but the buildings look more like the buildings in WoW. They And that was something that they plan to do with other maps and missions too, is kind of take a look at how can we make this look more like what people know in WoW without, you know, totally changing the 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 layout, you know, because it's laid out very specifically. Um, and another thing that they said they did is they took uh, Meat Hook, which uh, is, Meat Hook is still in Stratholm. I, I can't remember exactly, but Meat Hook I know is in WoW, and they actually added him to this Calling of Stratholm mission as kind of a, a surprise. Like, for the unfamiliar, you're supposed to go, you destroy the houses, um, inside the houses are the humans, and after like a couple seconds, the humans transform into the zombies, and then you, um, in one of those houses instead of humans it's meat hook which kind of throws a wrench into the mission in a way that's not like it you know it's not going to stop you from completing the mission it's not super difficult but it's one of those they change it up slightly to kind of match what you see in wow and i that is that is super cool and thank you dan about that because i totally forgotten about that but I'm, I'm looking forward to see what seeing what else they have done in that regard too all righty um i think at this point uh do we want to talk about um Wild Classic, or do we want to talk about Ash? Like, can where we, do we can, want to go? Can we talk about Ash real quick? Can we talk about Jennifer Hale finally getting to do a voice for Overwatch? I don't know about real quick, but I say we could talk about her. Oh, <laughs> I'm so well, happy. Since, I think you should just go in and talk about Okay, so um, was it Wednesday? I think it was Wednesday when we did the Blizzard Watch podcast and we were talking about what we might see. Maybe... 
No, maybe that was a Q question. I don't know. Somebody, the, there was the question of what are we going to see Overwatch-wise, and I said that one of the rumors flying around was that we would get a McCree cinematic because uh, there was that whole blip with Route 76, the, the map, where yeah. the payload was the open. Yeah. Right, right. And I said I would really love to see a McCree cinematic. I, I would love to see a McCree story thing because – we don't know a whole heck of a lot about that guy beyond he joined Blackwatch, but who was he before he joined Blackwatch? What was he up to? How did he get involved with the Deadlock gang in the first place? You know, all of that stuff. We got a few of those questions answered, and I'm really delighted about that. I loved that cinematic. I thought it was gorgeous. It was absolutely wonderful, but... I want to know more about the Omnic at the end. I believe her name is Echo. I think that's what uh, Kaplan called her, was Echo. Um, She's not going to be hero number 30. That was confirmed. But there's more stuff going on here. And not only did we get that taste of who McCree was before, we got this amazing new character in Ash who is fantastic. Her abilities look amazing. I love Bob. I want a Bob robot toy statue something action figure. Please, Blizzard, give it to me. Thank you. They have a Bob shirt, and I'm so excited to get it. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. (laughs) They absolutely needed one of those. Anyway, um, so we got information on her, and she was part of the genesis of the Deadlock Gang, which was fantastic. This is all stuff that I'm probably going to write about in Know Your Lore for next week because um, I'm kind of obsessed right now. Uh, but the thing that I appreciated is not only did we learn stuff about the Deadlock Gang and how that came about, but this is the first point I think I've seen in any of the cinematics that really moved the story forward. It only moved it a little bit, but we didn't know how McCree was reacting to that whole recall order that Winston put out, and now we do. And that Omnic, Echo, I don't know what's up with her, but... there's like all kinds of questions there that are waiting to be answered. So I'm really excited because this is pushing the story forward a little bit. Echo is someone I'm pretty sure we've seen in concept art, like for a long time. They they kind of, they give her a human face. I believe she was in recall. Um, I believe she was one of the faces that kind of flashed real quick on the screen. During she might have also been in, in the big, character art portrait like when the game first came out initially. like they had the ones you recognize yeah, yeah in- but initially but she didn't have a but face but that answers that question too yeah no um, exactly they, they added the face to her interesting well, and the other thing that kind of like intrigues me about echo in particular is that i believe on her face that's a symbol for the vishkar corporation and that raises <sighs> all kinds of questions familiar. and like i said I'm going to probably write a Know Your Lore about all of this for next week. So, yeah, I'm really excited. But Ash, I love Ash. I love everything about Ash. I can't wait to play her. I love her voice. Um, Jennifer Hill is a hoot in any role that she does, and she just really outdid herself here. Anyway, okay, I'm done gushing, I swear. (laughs) Okay, let's go around. Anybody else have any gushing? Well, I do, but also I talked to the lead writer, for Overwatch, Michael Chu. Michael Chu? Ah, Michael Chu! I'm jealous. And uh, <laughs> and I talked to somebody on the cinematics team that I know, and I'm not sure if this was said in a panel or not, so forgive me, but Ash was not a planned character. The cinematic was created to introduce Echo, and in the process, the cinematics team created Ash, and the developers loved her so much that she became the next hero. Oh, And that's how Ash nice. was. That's the origin of Ash, essentially. And then the lead character artist 
was telling us that he that everybody loved Bob. And I asked, like, was there any other ideas of a different ultimate for Ash? And he said, yeah, for about three seconds. And then everyone's like, we love Bob. We're going to make Bob work, even though he is so complicated on the technical end that he became almost like another hero in terms of um, the amount of resources they had to put behind it. But they all loved it. He Can I just tag a wrong, by the way? But go ahead, Ted. I was going to, uh, they were doing an interview with one of the developers uh, in between the two, between the bronze medal match and the gold. And the developers mentioned that they were, th the last couple of heroes have been really uh, power based based on kind of what they did. And they really wanted a, a weapon based hero, somebody who was really based around their weapon. And then when they saw Ash in the cinematic, they saw her shotgun. They're like, this is it. This is the, the hero we've been looking for. They wanted a weapon based hero. And I also love from a strategic standpoint that we kind of have this this anti-widow now. Like Corey can probably speak to that. Uh, he plays at a higher level than I do, I'm sure. But to kind of have this anti-widow. <laughs> uh, yeah, go ahead, Corey, because I, I definitely have something to say on that. But go ahead. Oh, yeah. She lo she looks like a ton of fun to play. The the movement she has with her, uh, what do they call it, coach stagecoach gun, the, the little short-range knockback where she can pop herself up into the air or pop someone away from her. Uh, looks like it's going to be great. So if you get jumped on by the Winston, but just being able to be a more uh, maybe in your face widow rather than hanging at the back, but like the mid range play and being a hit scan hero, she's just going to destroy Farah, and that makes me feel so bad. <laughs> I played as Farah during the demo to see how if Farah could like, oh they're not going to notice me because I'm up in that. No, I got destroyed so. Many. Um, she. She does feel very much like a Widowmaker, um, a, a different version of Widowmaker. I'm almost concerned that her, because uh, I, I don't know if, if you guys have looked or if the listeners have looked, but uh, modes of fire. One is it's kind of close range um, and, and it fires very rapidly. And then the other one is like she looks down her scope and it does more damage, but it fires a lot slower. And the looking down the scope is where she feels a lot like Widowmaker in the sense that she can kind of sit in the back and take people out with that. And it's it's not, you know, the one shot, one kill thing that Widowmaker does, but it's still very strong. And I'm I'm kind of wondering if it's going to be balanced a little differently when she actually comes out, because um she almost feels like a version of Widowmaker that can do more than in the sense that she can jump, she can throw her dynamite and her dynamite um which is really cool if she shoots it it explodes early so she can like throw it in the air and shoot it in the air and you have to be a good shot because it's it doesn't have like a bigger hitbox or anything for her but it also has that sort of widow make um damage over time effect too so it does the initial damage and then you're like on fire for a little bit and taking damage from that but the the close range stuff the knockback which ends up being more utility, at least in, in my experience, and the uh, the rapid-fire shots. I, I kind of want to, because right now she definitely feels like a not, not as good of a sniper, but very close to Widow Sniper that can do more outside of Okay, Mitch, you really need to watch your microphone, because, wow, that feedback. <laughs> I don't know what just happened there, man. <laughs> yeah. It honestly sounded like you got pulled through a time warp. It was, it was, I'm going to have to cut that from the recording. You, you guys, you guys could have interrupted me and, like, no, no, no! Yeah. It was just this one burst. It was very aggressive. <laughs> yeah, it was just like it's... I don't know. She's got the same abilities as what I'm making. Oh dear, I'm so like, sorry. Okay. Uh, He's a robot. Hotel... 
my cell phone getting in the way of things, but uh, okay. Yeah, but I want to like since Liz hasn't gotten to talk for a while. Did you have any particular thoughts on? Uh, I love Jennifer Hale, and that was kind of my first and last thought about Ash because I'm just I'm not a big Overwatch person. I don't play Overwatch. I think the story is super cool, and I really enjoyed the cinematic all for me. Yeah, I'm gonna just be the guy to say this. I saw someone on Twitter say this the other day, and it kind of really works for me. If Overwatch was like an animated series with a toy line, I would probably be all over it. But because it is competitive play video game that I can't play very well, yeah, I, I end up just constantly reading all the lore stuff I can and watching a million plays and wishing I could play the game. It, it is something that, that I deeply regret. I just want an RPG version, just like a straight-up RPG version adventure game. doesn't have to be a long one. could just be a little short one. If you're interested in going mobile with Overwatch, maybe look into that. Something story-based. There's an audience for it. It's yeah, very sure. big. That that does remind me. I was expecting a single-player announcement of some kind at this BlizzCon. And I guess it's a good thing that I was so distracted by Ash and the cinematic that I forgot on my mind. But now that you bring it up, yeah, I, I would absolutely love that sort of thing. You know, we should probably get some conversation in about WoW Classic because that was a big reveal this time around. And Who has played people, it? I have not because I don't actually have uh, the virtual ticket. My wife does, so okay. it's on her account, so I haven't gotten to play it. So I put about uh, two hours in uh, between my various debuffs. I don't know if anybody... I put a very short amount of time into it on the, the demo floor, and then I had to kind of rush off. Um, a few things stuck out to me, but it was, it, things not the the big things you think of like, oh yeah, there was no LFR. It was more like, oh yeah, quest givers don't have the gray quest mark above their head. It's like yellow, you know but you don't know that it's done. You know what? You know what I discovered? Because I decided last night, I figured, oh, hey, you know what? My first World of Warcraft character was a night elf druid. So I'm going to make a night elf druid and I'm going to go play on Classic for a little bit because that seems like a great way to end out the day. That's when I remembered that you cannot talk to quest people if you are in shapeshift form. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. Oh, God. Like, I'm a bear. I have to shift out of bear form to talk to anybody. Also, um, low-level druids are every bit as painful as I remember. <laughs> And you're not even starting at level one. You're starting at level 15, no, so you don't I'm have start- to get barefoot. I mean, I absolutely, yeah. When you start out before you, when you first start out with a brand new druid, there is no animal forms at all. You learn bear at like level 10. And until then, you are hitting things with your staff and casting moonfire all over the place. And that's like the extent of what you can do. <laughs> so, yeah, it was kind of weird. It was weird going back. Um, it was weird that there was kind of like this almost unconscious muscle memory because obviously one of the things that Classic does not have is it doesn't have the markers on the map that tell you where to go to look for things or find things. You have to go out and find them yourself. There there are no guides. There's nothing pointing the way. So I had to rely on remembering where the gnolls were at and where the defias were at and weirdly enough i remembered exactly where these dudes were at <laughs> we did live there for a big chunk of time so yeah 
but it was just but, weird because I mean, cataclysm's been out for so long now. The post cataclysm changes. We've been living in a post cataclysm world longer than we lived in vanilla at this point, which is weird. It's true. Yeah, it's been like what eight years. Something like that, yeah. So it was just, it was weird to me that I was like, oh, no, where do I go to find these guys? Ah, to the west. I saw something. I remember now, over that hill. (laughs) (laughs) I saw someone saying that we are closer to Ragnaros with legs than Ragnaros with legs was. (laughs) They used Ragnaros with legs as a middle point, and it's like we're further away from that than than between the first two Ragnaroses. Yeah. Yeah. So my okay. original World of Warcraft character was a paladin, so I, of course, rolled a paladin again. We didn't have enough talent points to have seal of command, so you didn't get the true vanilla paladin. But what I took away from it was all the, everything that was, you know, you talk about bad about vanilla was, was there and was right in your face. But the hours that I spent there flew by, and I remembered this is where I fell in love with World of Warcraft, and I remembered a lot of things that this is kind of how it all started for me. See, for me, the true vanilla paladin experience would be playing a paladin, realizing I couldn't do anything, and then rolling a warrior. Um, so maybe I will have that experience. I don't know. Um, well, actually, the thing well, that makes me most interested in vanilla, I should have rolled a warrior in the first place. I didn't realize. I wanted a mountain king, and I saw the hammer. I mean, like, I knew nothing about World of Warcraft when I started. I thought Ray was something you used to spray on insects or something, right? So I thought when I saw the hammer, that's my mountain king. And like, I got to like level four and I'm like, when do I get to do a wheel? And they're like, dude, you're a paladin. And like, at that point, I'm like, well, I don't want to start over. So, I mean, I should have been a warrior. I just like the idea of like, that's the one thing we're not going to get with WoW Classic. Unfortunately, that complete and utter sense of not knowing what the heck we were doing at all. Yeah. That, that is, you know, but it was there they, a they did little a bit. Panel. It was there a little bit just because the talent trees were all different and the abilities are all different from what they are today. So it was there a little bit. But again, like I said, muscle memory almost just kind of kicked in where it was like, oh, yeah, that's you do this thing and then you do that thing. And those things are over there. I remember now. It's weird. It's just a weird experience. (laughs) Speaking of muscle memory, one of the things and this is not something like this is in no way a complaint because I totally expected this and this is part of the vanilla experience but i found that every time i would go like i I was ready to go somewhere i would hit my normal hotkeys to mount up like just okay i'm done here let me hit shift t and mount up and it wouldn't do anything and i'm like oh right and then you know shielding myself does not give me a small speed boost and it's that is going to even though i'm fully cognizant of the fact that movement's going to be slower and mounts aren't coming to level 40 that off of my current wow muscle memory is what's what's going to be harder than actually acknowledging that fact and you won't get that mount until level 40 if you can afford it if you can afford it which (laughs) no way i've got plenty of chris basilisk urethra to sell (laughs) yeah they started me out with like bristled whiskered catfish or something like that in my bag where are your thanks guys I was able to talk to uh, some of the devs at BlizzCon this morning, and I just want to make two points. One, they are dead serious on making this as exact a copy as WoW 1.12 as possible. Like, it's new tech, but they're using the new tech, and they have the old code, and they said they compare every aspect to make sure that is just the classes are just as broken as they used to be, that you can only use certain weapons, every like everything 
they're trying to really Down duplicate to the that last experience. annoying detail <laughs> yes the only exception they said is new anti-cheat code is yeah. uh, is staying in and you will not be able to wall jump but everything am, else is going to be broken just like I you am, remembered i am real upset about that wall jumping thing because that was like a good I, chunk of vanilla it, for me that was more than half of my vanilla i think but it was already, it had been taken out in 1.9 rip uh-huh. Um, so even... I still got around some of that. You, okay, yes, it, it, it had been taken out. The main version of it had been taken out in one point nine, but yeah, there were other versions of it. See, I'm never gonna forget me, my wife, and I going to Hyjal back. And this was when Blackwing Lair was pretty much the pinnacle of raiding because we had just killed Nefarian, uh, and that's how I'm going to remember this. Uh, and I remember us going to Hydro and looking around and seeing that giant cave that was supposedly Deathwing's house or something. Yeah. Yeah. I totally Down in the forgot that, that was labeled as. Yeah. 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 So, I'm definitely so, going to find a way into Hydro. There's lots of stuff like that that I'm going to remember. But Mitch, one of the team things up I with me. To, I will get you there. Yes. One of the, one of the things <laughs> I wanted to mention was they were talking today about what's what's changing and what and whatnot. And one of the points they made was that they they're. Their philosophy is that more or less, even if something is something that could be fixed and that originally wasn't intended to be broken in the way it was, like debuffs, the debuff limit, they're leaving that in because it was there then and that's part of the experience. That's the uh, thing that was interesting to me because they had the whole uh, classic Q&A panel today. I live blogged that. And um, one of the things that Ian kind of iterated on was that a lot of the issues that they fixed in later iterations of World of Warcraft, the reason that those issues were there, it wasn't because it was like a design decision or anything. It was just technical limitations. They couldn't fix it. Like, like the, the bag. Yeah, it just, it, it wouldn't, you couldn't fix it. There was no way to fix it. So like, they could have fixed it now because obviously the technology is there, but they chose not to because they want to give people that authentic experience. Yeah, and I appreciate and, that. I really do. But there, I, I there are a couple of interesting caveats to this, and one of them is add-ons. The way add-ons used to work, a lot of stuff was, was automatable. You could automate a lot of things. If you remember Totem Stomper, you could push one button on that add-on, and it would just target and destroy any Hi, it hi. Do you remember Decursive? Because I do. Yeah, everyone, <laughs> everyone remembers Decursive. Stand at the sides, the Decurse the whole fight. Good job. But they, they, they don't want those kind of add-ons to work, so they're not going to allow that level of the old-school add-on freedom to exist, but they also don't want to allow current social add-ons, add-ons that can talk to other add-ons, because you could use that to basically recreate Dungeon Finder or you know, all the various social things that they don't want to put in the game. They don't want you to have those. Good. You know, and I don't so, want us to. No, no, I'm not, I'm not saying you should. I'm just no, saying it's, no, interesting, it's an interesting challenge because you need to be able to allow old school add-ons to work, except some of them can't. And the thing you is, know, is like we have World of Warcraft and it's evolved over the years, and the technology has obviously gotten better and better and better. If you look at Battle of Azeroth compared to Classic, whoa, night and day, right? Along those same lines, add-on writers have had more and more like technological advances at their disposal to work with. We have some people who program some utterly amazing add-ons that do astonishing things that we never would have thought about back in Classic, and they shouldn't exist in the framework of Classic. 
because it would change the framework of classic were those allowed. So that's a good point. I mean, it's a good point that he had. I don't know how they're yeah, going to delineate all of that, though. It's it's cool that they figured or are figuring out ways. To, one one thing because I've been kind of it's hard to actually keep up when you're not watching the virtual ticket. Um, I've seen people talk about loot trading. Did they say anything? One, can one of you guys fill me yes. in on that? But two, did they say anything about like um, AOE looting, or is that still not in the they, game? AOE looting is not happening. Yeah, AoE looting is not happening. Loot trading will be there. The reason that they introduced loot trading was because in Classic, way back when, if somebody looted the wrong thing, they couldn't give it to the person. So what you had to do was you had to go fill out a ticket for customer service, wait you know, three to five days, however long it took for them, for them to address it, take the loot out of your bags and put it in the other person's bags. And then it was all fixed and all better, right? So they were approaching it from the standpoint of, well, loot trading does that exact same thing. It's just you don't have to wait the three to five days. So why don't we go ahead and keep that in there? So they're going to go ahead and keep that in there. And I think that's a fine decision. Oh, yeah, yeah totally. The only like, other thing that like the, they mentioned... Sorry, the two-hour... It still, it still has a two-hour window, yeah. Okay. Yeah, they also mentioned that they're going to allow people to move stuff in and out of their mail more quickly, the way they do now. That's going in because that doesn't change anything about gameplay. It doesn't add any benefit. It doesn't. It's not like they're they're still they're leaving in the old school limitation on rogue energy regeneration, which used huh. to regenerate in chunks. That's, yeah, yeah. That's uh, really yeah. Every two it's... seconds, you get twenty. It's so yeah. bad, but they're putting it back in because that's how it, yes, was. That's it was. So okay, I can't but, argue with that. But they are allowing the slight improvement to mail, uh, you know, looting from into mail because that's completely intrinsic to your character. Uh, but they are still. It's still going to take an hour for you to get mail from anybody. That's no longer no longer the you know friends or guildmates thing. Boom! It, if you mail something to your alt, you will not see it for an hour. Also, auction houses—they are being split. Yep, if you linked. want to mail, so if you if, if you want to buy something from Alliance to Horde, you're gonna have to go to Winterspring, or you're gonna ha yeah, you're gonna have to go to Everlook, or you're gonna have to go to Gadgetan or Booty Bay. That's it. Okay, I, I want to throw in one thing here. Yeah. Um, I played EverQuest when it launched for five years until WoW launched, and then I moved over. And about a couple years ago, EverQuest decided to launch a server with the original game on it, just like you remembered. And me and my friends were so excited to play it for about two hours. And then we realized <laughs> how broken and slow and frustrating it was, and I never went back. And I loved that game dearly. It was my first MMO. And I got in like maybe 10 minutes of playtime on WoW Classic, and I just had that same feeling of, this is not the part that I like to remember. So that's my grumpy old rant. I do think it's going to be interesting to see if they can manage to recapture some of that old social magic because it was the social magic that made WoW good. You know, I mean, back then, that was all you had. There was all the stuff that's been improved since wasn't improved yet, so we had the old busted stuff, and the only thing that papering it over was your friends and guildmates. And I mean, to the point where when I switched guilds and my guild wasn't really raiding anymore, I really stopped playing. And that's, I mean, it was a good time for it because I was getting married. Uh, generally speaking, one wants to focus on one's marriage and moving to a new country and so forth and not be like, oh, God, we have a raid tonight. So I feel like I didn't. Filthy it casual. Was, it was a good time. <laughs> yeah. Which which one of us has a realm first, uh, you know, kill on Yog zero Me. Uh, I have a realm first level 80 priest, so. Yeah. I, I have a realm I, first right in. I, 
What, what are we uh, doing? Oh my god, we're actually doing this. Everybody I have a has realm. a realm first. <laughs> Liz, let Liz talk. Yes, go ahead. I have Liz. a realm first, uh, Netherian. Ooh. Ooh. Oh, Dan, Ted, show off, please. Uh, Dan just realm... said he played, he played EverQuest before anything. He's already showed off. Yeah, other than that, it's realm first, filthy casual. <laughs> I don't even realm first in that, Dan. Speaking of realms first and everything else, achievements will not be. <laughs> yeah, no achievements. Which, <laughs> if you wanted to say the one thing that would make me like actually want to play it more, that was it. Because I think my entire wildlife sense achievements went in has been me going, oh God, we have to do a stupid achievement. We're going to do this uh, fight. We're going to do neat, neck deep and vile. I hate you all. I want you guys to know oh, up God, front. I hate so you bad. all. <laughs> That was me tanking every time we'd go in. I'm like, all right, well, it's Karen didn't get neck deep and vile. Karen, why didn't you get neck deep and vile? I wasn't here. I was sick. Karen, you're fired. <laughs> you had one job, Karen. That was to be here last week, so I don't have to do this again. All right, fine. We're doing neck deep and vile. Everyone line up. <laughs> Matt, you sound kind of unhappy. I am kind of unhappy. Nobody likes oh my that. God. Okay, so we should move on because there are more games to talk about here. Heroes of the Storm. We got Ooh. a new hero. We got a hero that is Nexus born. It's it's an original hero. We were expecting Orphea. Come on. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah okay. She was set up in the She's comics. She's Thanos's uh, child. Oh, wait, no, sorry. Daughter. The Raven yeah. King. The Why Raven did you saying that the Thanos is the same actor? It's yeah. The voice yeah. is very very much the same. Okay, so um, Dan, did you get a chance to uh, play with that at all, or Mitch? I think we both did. Okay, Dan, what'd you think? Uh, I liked her. Um, I was having some trouble finding her place um, in the match that I uh, played. Um, she does not have a lot of mobility. Um, the only way she does is by landing a skill shot, and then she can get a dash. Uh, she has some ranged abilities, but if a melee character closes with her, she's in a lot of trouble. Um Usually that's offset by, well, at range you can do a lot of damage. And I was doing some damage with her, but I didn't feel like a lot. Um, I did enjoy her gameplay and her kit. I just didn't uh, feel like I really understood where she fit in the game and what kind of other heroes she would be a good counter to. But again, I only had time for uh, one play play session with her. What about you, Mitch? I, I kind of felt the same way. Um, as a quick note, it, the, the, play sta- the play stations play demo stations were um, all uh, elite computers so it wasn't like you were playing with a, a team of actual people um, but yeah I felt kind of the same way Dan did and I don't know if it was random uh, the NPCs you went up against or if they had a set set of NPCs um, but I had a game uh, Blaze and Phoenix were both on the uh, and Phoenix especially like his his beam slows you down when he hits you with the the one that circles around him, and he just puts out a lot of damage. And I sort of felt like they put Phoenix in the game to show you how squishy she could be, um, because, wow, at any time he got remotely close to me, I, I could not escape. And like Dan was saying with the skill shot, if, if you land it, it's literally the next time you click to move her in a direction, um, she kind of just like zooms forward very little. And I, I sort of ended up doing that on accident. Like, I would hit a hero while I'm moving towards her, move slightly to the left, and then boom, she she kind of moved, like, zoomed a couple feet forward. And it was, 
it, it was weird in a way that I expected to have more control over that Zoom. And it, I got the impression that they want her to be someone where, like, she slows down enemy heroes, hits them with her ability, chases them, hits them with her ability again, because a lot of her abilities also revolve around the fact that she they get slower or uh, the cooldown is reduced if she hits them. So in theory, she's using her E to slow enemies down. She's then hitting them with her Q, which is a skill shot, and allows her to close the gap, which means, and then now that she's hit them with that, she can continually hit them with her Q, continually close the gap, so on and so forth. But she doesn't, she's not strong enough to pull that off. Like, even if that's the, the approach that it feels like they're going for, she does not have um, to really, like, I could chase a hero all day, and the second they turn around, and if it's Zeratul or Illidan or Phoenix or even some of the tanks, it's like they're just going to turn around and kill me. And even with, like, I, I specifically went for talents that would heal her. Um, there's not that many, to clarify, but I, even the ones that I went for, like, it, she's pretty squishy right now. And I like the design they're going for. I think she could use some damage buffs. And again, I could just be playing her completely wrong. Like, she might be aimed at more of a, a pro-level scene than more of a casual one. But she's her her toolkit is super cool. Uh, again, like Dan, I really liked it. But it just it feels like she needs something to make up for the fact that she's so squishy and doesn't have a whole lot of escape. Okay, one more super quick question that requires a super quick answer because I was doing a whole bunch of other stuff and I didn't necessarily get to see all of the information about heroes. Do we know when she's hitting the PTR? Has she hit the PTR? Next week. Next week. Okay. Next week. All right. We should move on. Yeah. we. There's a ton of stuff to talk about in terms of World of Warcraft, and I don't know how much time we've got to get through all of it, but we should at least say I was not expecting this much information out of the WoW What's Next page. Was there no ever way. a dump of information? Holy cow. Um, I expected of, maybe... I, I feel no, like I should ahead. mention here real quick, Rossi, um, a lot of this stuff that we're going to be talking... A lot of the lore stuff that was talked about and the stuff that was brought up that was lore-related, we are recording Lore Watch tomorrow, and we will be discussing a lot of that tomorrow. Yeah, uh, this is... For, I'm not, I don't want to dump too much lore on people because, I mean, even if you are watching a BlizzCon podcast and you did just see BlizzCon... It's still okay to kind of like be careful on that side of things, but we know stuff we can talk about that's not particularly spoiler-tastic because we knew from the beginning it was going to happen. We are finally get, we're going to get not one but two new outdoor zones in eight point two. Um, I when I was live blogging when I was live blogging the what's next panel at the very beginning of it I said, uh, let's see predictions. They're going to announce that we're going to get a brand new zone, and then I was like, nah, they're not going to do that. And then they gave us two of them. What the yeah, heck? Two- the, the two zones are um, Nazjatar and uh, Mechagon. Is Mechagon. that am I saying that right? Yeah, Mechagon. Yeah, Mechagon. Liz, you want to talk about Mechagon? Yeah, <laughs> I don't even know where to start on this. Even <laughs> the whole, I mean, the whole panel, but there was just like blow after blow, and then they came out with this insane gnome area, and we already know that there's going to be like a showdown between the gnomes and the goblins coming up. And it's like, we also get this super cool mega dungeon. It's not a dungeon. It's a mega dungeon. And we have these, like these new gnomes. The junker gnomes. Allied race. 
Yes, junk or no- I want like to slay one of you. They're like right now. Gnomes. <laughs> what the heck? So yeah, I'm. I'm all over this. I'm totally all over this. I'm really interested in seeing a gnome story because we just have not had gnome stories. Yeah, I was so, gonna say, when have you ever gotten one? Yeah, this this it was a. I was really, I was flat out astonished by the mecha gnomes thing. I mean, we'd seen rumors. We, you know, we, it's what our job is. We see the rumors. We know who people are talking about. But this was amazingly way, way more than I ever thought we would get on this subject. Um, we also saw one thing that we saw that I wanted to bring up really fast. Uh, in 8.2.5, the only thing they announced for 8.2.5, other than that it will exist, is that the Worgen and Goblins are getting new character models. And uh, I, I do want to get everyone's reactions to this, but I have one reaction. After eight years, Worgen females have figured out how to open and close their mouths normally. <gasps> I, what? How is that possible? <laughs> They they can like just open and close their mouths like actual animals do. They they, they look normal. So now let let's move around. Uh, Corey, what did you think of the new models? Oh, they look great. Uh, they already looked pretty good. Uh, but they I mean they need that love and yeah the organs didn't ever quite sit right. But uh, Liz, uh, um, <laughs> Mitch or Liz? I said Liz. I okay. We're the same person. <laughs> Mitch, why must you perpetuate these? <laughs> Terrible rumors. Why must you um, perpetuate that? Why? No, no, you, you. Uh, Go on. <laughs> uh, worgen. I, I don't play a worgen. I don't have a vested interest in this particular argument. But and what did you think of the new models? Goblins too for them. Okay, the goblins look pretty flawless, and I was kind of expecting that. Um, the worgen. I. There's a distinct difference between because everybody's showing the screenshots of like just the close up face for the male and the female worgen and going, wow, there's a really weird dichotomy here where the dudes all look really angry and mean and the lady worgen all look kind of like friendly and nice. Like you want to pat their head, give them a scritch behind the ears and a treat or something like that. But if you look at the full body iterations of these models, they do look fierce. Like the female worgen do look fierce. I'm very glad that they have learned how to close their mouth. I'm sure that whatever dentists they employ over in Gilneas or Teldrassil. No, wait, not Teldrassil. Okay, so uh, <laughs> dentistry, wherever the worgen get their dentistry from, I'm sure that their dentists are probably really happy that they're not snarling all the time anymore. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. Is it an improvement? Yes. Absolutely. Has it moved in the right direction? Not 100% sold on that, but we haven't seen them in action. And what we saw was kind of like, you know, the flat concept pieces. We didn't actually see like the models and the models running around and the models talking and the models doing all this other stuff. So I'm going to reserve any judgment on that until we see them in action because what a flat model looks like and what it looks like when it's breathing, moving around, that kind of thing are two vastly different things. Okay, Mitch? I don't really play either of those races. Uh, I'm happy for the people that really wanted them because I know this is something people have wanted for a while. I, one, haven't really had a chance to look at them super closely, but at the same time, I also this is cool. Thanks for doing this for the people that like it. It's it has little to no effect on me, but it's it's cool to see Blizzard still going back and doing that sort of thing. Ted, um, it took a long time for me to get used to my dwarves running again, so I, I want to see them running. But 
my son, who plays a Worgen warrior, really like. Cool. Uh, and finally, Dan. I also don't have a Worgen character. And in fact, as I've been unlocking allied race characters, I've been race changing my existing characters um, because I've been enjoying the models so much on the allied races. So that's where I'm at. That's one of the few things people made the point of that Worgen and the goblins are the least played. That might be one reason why they felt like they needed to do a revamp of them after all, because people just do not play them. They were the only uh, ones that have not gotten any kind of graphical updates since they were introduced. Now, mind you, they were introduced in Cataclysm, but it was really Missa Pandaria and the Pandaren that got, like, they got kind of those high-quality squash-and-stretch faces that made everybody kind of do a double-take and go, hey, when are you going to fix all these other models that we're working with? And then they moved on to do that in Warlords. But they didn't touch the goblins or the worgen because they were kind of a recent introduction in terms of like the g- life of the game these yeah, other but as you characters, just pointed out it's been yeah. how long now yeah it's been well i mean we've been in the world here longer post cataclysm than we have since classic from classic to cataclysm so they're really starting to show their age now so i'm really excited that they're getting an update um one more thing that i feel like we should probably point out and get people's reactions from because this was kind of one of those things that it almost feels like it went a little bit under the radar 8.2 we're gonna get to fly in 8.2 it's coming post that yeah um not not in Najatar though right I mean, it, no, it's probably kind of... not. Probably not. Okay. It'll it'll probably be like um, Argus, where you couldn't fly on Argus. I'm, that's I'm assuming totally what that's I how Najatar is going to work. But that's still really cool. I'm going to fly to the highest point in Taurus and uh, Zandalar because I can. I'm really excited to see what the cities look like from the air because so much work went into them, and you can always see new things from a perspective. Yeah. This also means I'll be able to level my horde characters now because I'll be able to fly around. <laughs> oh, I hadn't even thought of that. That's gonna. Be- I don't care. <laughs> I am. I am that guy who doesn't care about flying. <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, they could keep it out forever, and I'd be okay. I'm, the I'm only thing like I would miss is my giant flying. robot. But no, it's, I, I, it's just something I don't care about. It's funny because the things I care about, I really care about, and the stuff I don't care about, I'm just like. I don't not care about it. I just don't care about it. I don't know how to. But yeah, there's we, there's like a ton more like we haven't even really touched upon. There's all the 8.1 stuff that they mentioned. Uh, we got to see the Terror of Darkshore video, which I mean, we're going to be talking had about that tomorrow thought... on more Lore Watch yeah. because hello. Yeah, but let's just one thing I do want to mention is that it, it it's nice to see yet another in-game cinematic. You you know you done with the in-game engine. You know, see Terrence Department at work. Uh, I do think that the decision to make it almost like a horror movie was fascinating. So uh, what, you know, good. It was just interesting to see the, the Alliance portrayed as horror movie villains and the Horde as the victims. That was just fascinating to me. Um, to see, like, you know, Forsaken and Trolls and Orcs getting picked off. That's, that's a, that's, it's neat. It's, di- it's different. It's a different way, an optic. I, I did like that. Um, it's just there is a lot to talk about in 8.2, and we haven't even really scratched the surface. I just feel like we didn't talk about Nazjatar at all. Nazjatar is coming. It's going to be there's going to be an Eshar raid. That that raid is now we've we've now know it has like eight bosses. They announced eight bosses, right? Uh, yeah, I think eight. One one thing real quick with Nazjatar too is um, this Perculia was talking about this with the Wowhead interview. It's it is literally rising out of the sea. So the Eshara is 
it has multiple meanings. Sort of like Battle for Azeroth has multiple meanings. Um, but that definitely, you know, there's that's going somewhere beyond just, hey, let's go to Najatar. Like, why is Najatar rising out of the ocean? Like, that's another thing that's sort of just under the radar. Is waifu with naifu? Like, there's just a there's a lot that they just kind of put into these panels that you could just talk about forever. Yeah, they didn't bother to explain. They just suggest they just suggest more than they've actually. Answered. And we'll be discussing a lot of the finer points of that information tomorrow on Lore Watch. So we'll go ahead and leave it for there. I think. Um, also, I, I have a feeling we're still going to have a lot of stuff to talk about on the podcast next Wednesday at the usual time. Yeah, yeah, almost certainly. Mm-hmm. But yeah. The the wow panel the the what's the next panel just really that was an enormous amount of information that we've barely even scratched. I mean, what's going on in uh, Mechagon? The whole the, the way the Alliance and the Horde are working out there. What the Alliance and Horde are doing in in uh, Nazjatar and why they're there and how they're there and like various. I don't want to call them allied races because we don't know if they're going to be allied races, but new allies we get that are of different races. Um, the Horde get old favorites. Uh, the Horde get Gilbans, and uh, I forget what the other ones were. Like I know Makura. they had Gilbans. Is it Makura? Yeah, Makura. Makura. There are Makura there as well. Yeah. And the Sea Giants. And Sea Giants. Um, the Alliance get a new race that I've never heard of, but they're they're interesting. I don't remember the name off the top of my head, unfortunately. Uh, yeah, I, I gotta go back and look that up again. <laughs> yeah, but they're a new race that have basically gotten practically pushed to the end of extinction by the Naga and her coming in, basically not even looking to save their people, just looking to destroy as many Naga as possible before the end. So that's going to be interesting. Uh, there's just a ton of stuff coming for WoW. Like a lot. Like we've got the, with the with the point five patches announced, and we know they're coming. There's going to be an eight point one point five after eight point one. Then there's going to be an 8.2.5 after 8.2. The Dark Moon Fair is getting a roller coaster. Yeah. (laughs) We are one step closer to Blizzard World. We're going to have Blizzard World in WoW, and then that Blizzard World in WoW will have to be reflected in the Overwatch version. So it's going to get real (laughs) meta, guys. But yeah, the the Dark Moon Fair, the, uh, the Brawlers Club is coming back. Uh, they're, they're, oh. that's returning. I believe that was 8.1.5 as well, wasn't it? Yes. I, I know they mentioned it, yeah. So that's happening. The Bra- Brawlers Guild will soon be back. They didn't say anything about anything past 8.2.5. They didn't mention whether or not we'd get an 8.3, but it's very clear that the story in 8.2 is not even close to done. Yeah, they kind of yeah. teased it at the very end of the panel there where they were like, and what comes after that? Well, we're going to have to wait to find out. And everybody was like, oh, come on, man. You're just giving us all the info. Uh, the Brawlers Guild updates actually look pretty interesting because they're going to uh, revise the tier progression in there. They're adding, I believe it's five new bosses, which is great. Um, they're also adding new rewards. Uh, it looks like there's a Brawlers transmog set that they're coming out with, like some kind of Brawlers transmog set. And there's going to be a new mount. And it's Bruce. I'm so Ooh. excited. Everybody loves Bruce. I love Bruce. Oh, is, is Bruce one other thing. Bruce is the big alligator. Oh, oh yeah. right. Okay. Yeah. There's like one other thing to mention uh, before we move on is that we're also getting, like, to me, it was a surprise, but it, it makes sense because they've done up to that point. We're getting Warlords of Draenor time walking. Yep. That still feels weird to me. Like, I know, doesn't yeah, it? It feels so recent. But it's been yeah. a while now. It's been quite a few years at this point. Um, it's two expansions ago, so yeah, it, it it's not 
shocking, but at the same time, it is a little shocking. It doesn't feel, but I mean, the Mr. Pandaria got time walking. What would they do with time walking next? I mean, they have to move up to warlords. There's no, they can't just invent time walking to an expansion that didn't happen. That'd well, be kind of funny. One no, other big thing for 8.1.5, we are finally getting Kul'tir and humans and Zandalari trolls as allied race options. Yeah, they are coming in 8.1.5, folks. Yeah. We know the playable race, <laughs> the play, the playable classes they get. Um, the Zandalari can be paladins. Zandalari can be paladins. Uh, and humans can be shamans as well as druids, yeah. which is a surprise. Nobody was yeah. expecting that. So yeah, why would that's... you roll anything but a druid if you're a Zandalari? Uh, I'm, Nobody knows. I'm seriously giving uh, some Zandalari thought. Zandalari Yeah, there's there's a um, lot going on the, there. The, the the battleground updates to Warsong and Rathi and the comp stomp. I am excited for that. Like, oh yeah, oh yeah. I forgot about that. They're they're doing visual updates to Warsong Gulch and Arathi Basin. The thing is, is like those places were still using really really old art assets because obviously yep. they're instanced. They weren't affected by the cataclysm. They weren't updated with the cataclysm or anything like that. They were just still there. So they're getting visual updates. There's nothing that's going to actually change the gameplay of the battleground itself. It's still the same layout. It's just different buildings. They look a lot better. Everything looks a lot better. It's gorgeous. And then, yeah, the comp stomp. That's a new brawl that's coming out that's going to pit you against NPCs? Oh, it's, it's, a, it's a brawl? It's not a like, permanent thing? It's a brawl. Thing. It's a brawl. Okay, okay. I missed it's, that part, but it's... It's, it's like not a new the... normal. It's a brawl. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like the Island Expedition NPCs. Like, they're using that yeah. tech. And yeah. that was one of the first things I thought of was like, oh, when could, where could this be used? Oh, and like one other thing. There's uh, going to be heroic... Warfronts, where you can go in with a group of other of other people you know, you can pull in up to ten or more people in in a group, and you basically have a harder time. It's a more and it's a, it's a warfront extra, you could actually lose. Yeah, they're looking at extra difficulty levels as well in the future, perhaps. There was a lot. There was a lot of Warcraft stuff, a lot more World of Warcraft stuff than I was expecting. Yep. Yeah. But uh, I guess at this point we should probably wrap it up because we've been going at this for a while and it's almost an hour and a half in. Yeah. Uh, we've been going at it for a while and I think everybody is tired. I know I am. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. party and night. We- so, you know, but I want, let's let everybody, like, one of the things we usually do is, is let people have like a last say, but this time we got everybody here. So let's let everybody like do like a last thought. What did you think? What do you, what are your last thoughts on this BlizzCon? And let's start with Mitch because otherwise we'll never hear the end. <laughs> I, I also, to add to that, I want to know what everybody, what franchise everybody think, quote-unquote, won BlizzCon or had the, the best or most. Um, but overall, I, again, like we just kind of finished a lot more than I thought. Um, the whole, the Mechagon thing, like, I've I've known, not known, but I've, I've speculated that uh, Mechagnomes would be an allied race. And while it's not confirmed... I thought it was just going to be like, oh yeah, Mechanomes from Nomergon, you know, they decided to help out. But no, it was went out of their way, like a whole thing themed around that. And I think that's really cool. I think I would watch Jeff Kaplan do like announcements like he did during the opening ceremony for pretty much anything because he just, he totally killed it. Um, I was really impressed both with his presentation and with what was actually being revealed. Um, so I think Overwatch and WoW were, my, were the big ones for me. Like it, Again, I'm I'm pretty happy with Diablo Immortal. Like, uh, it does not deserve all the hate it's getting. I'm gonna play the heck out of Warcraft Three uh, Reforged. Uh, Orpheus, super cool. But like, Overwatch and WoW were the the two big ones for me. Miss, what do you think? I definitely think WoW. I can't, and maybe that's because I 
I came in not expecting much from WoW because we're at a weird time. It's too early to announce an expansion. We're about to get the next content patch, but it still feels early to talk about 8.2. But they went up there and they talked about a ton of future content. Not with a ton of detail, but it's a bunch of stuff I didn't expect and I'm really hyped. Uh, One thing I think we've kind of glossed over because we haven't talked about it at all (laughs) is Hearthstone, which is getting a new expansion. And I'm sure it's going to be exciting, but... But it's just like that was the expected announcement, and I don't, I haven't heard or felt a lot of hype about it. But I'm gonna play it. Another great song from the Hearthstone team, uh, written by Christy Golden this time. Great stuff, hilarious, love it as always. Only thing that would have made it better if it had been Ben Brode doing another rap, but I guess we have to be thankful for the two we got. Okay, uh, Ann, what did you think? Wait, what? (laughs) You, what did you think, BlizzCon? Oh, um. Gosh, what franchise? I don't like thinking about like one franchise winning over the others. Like, I don't think any of them won because I don't think it was a contest necessarily. I think that I personally was probably most excited with the whole entire dump of WoW stuff because, hello, there's a lot going on there and there's a lot of lore stuff to look forward to. But also Overwatch and mainly, I mean, yes, the new hero is very exciting and everything, but that new cinematic looked like it was starting to push the story forward. And if we get more of those, can we get more of those? I mean, does somebody have Michael Chu's number? Can we just like <laughs> bug him until we... he makes us like a series of these? Because uh, I just, I want to know where the story is going to go from here. And that cinematic was pretty much everything that I ever wanted. And then outside of the franchises and everything else, I have to say that one of the things I re- that really impressed me was Community Night last night. Um, I liked the new format. I loved Darren DePaul as a host. I think he was fantastic. I love the judging panel. I love how they revamped everything so that it ran very smoothly. Um, it wasn't just an endless parade of costumes being hurried across the stage because of time limits. There was actually time taken to speak to every every single one of the cosplayers that were there. Um, and for the people that didn't get to walk in the community night event that didn't make it to the final rounds, there was a cosplay exhibition panel that was earlier in the day. That one was run a little bit sloppier, but I think it's just because it was their first time doing this. And I'm hoping we see them smooth it out in, in the following years because I don't think that people got quite enough time and I think that people were still being kind of rushed and they really didn't need to be but beyond that I really like the improvements that they did with the community night and I know not a lot of people talk about that kind of thing so I just kind of wanted to mention it and say hey that was cool all right Dan uh for me the winner of uh BlizzCon was uh Diablo Immortal I played it and I loved it and I thought they did a great job and I'm gonna buy it the minute it's released and um and I've already written and we published a review that will explain it more. Um, but I also want to talk about a high point for me personally at BlizzCon. Um, right before Chris Metzen made a surprise appearance at the WoW Q&A, I was introduced to him. And I was thinking, this dude doesn't know who I am. And when I said I work for Blizzard Watch, he told me it's the only site he reads when he wants to catch up on what's going on with the game. And that was such an amazing moment. And he said it with such sincerity. So um, I'm going to take that memory with me. Nice. That's really cool. That is definitely a high moment. I for miss here, Chris Metzen. <laughs> well, when he said that he loves the side, I'm pretty sure he meant Anne. Uh, no, he meant everybody. <laughs> but, uh, okay. Um, I couldn't, I know one of either, either Corey or Ted, one of you talked, but I don't know which one of you it was. So whichever one of you didn't talk already, talk. 
So I guess, I mean, as far as franchise, I mean, it was really an overwatch. Um, wow. And then kind of the, the personal moment for me was, was going by my son's bedroom this morning. He's playing with his Lego men. And I, I hear from the, the bedroom, here it comes. All right, then. That's pretty cool. For myself, I'm going to say that uh, I, I feel like the fact that we're getting a Diablo MMO, and that's what it is. You, you can't argue. It's, a, it's got persistent world stuff. It's got seven instances. It's got you, a place where you can interact with other players. It's got you know grouping. It, it's, it's an MMO. It's a Diablo MMO. It's the Diablo MMO we've all talked about for decades now. For a solid more than 10 years, we've been talking about a Diablo MMO, and they made one. Is it on a mobile? Yeah, it is. And maybe it will never get ported to anything I'd play it on. But still, not only is it a Diablo MMO, it's talking about the period between Diablo 2 and Diablo 3. All that stuff we wanted to know what the heck happened. We're going to find out what the heck happened. I, I, for me, that's a hugely exciting thing. Uh, you know, It may not be my platform of choice. I might not even play it. But I'm still super excited about this idea. So that's it for me. I mean, everything everyone else said is pretty cool too. I mean, quite did frankly. Did we hear from Corey? Did, did we get everybody? Not really. I just kind of chimed in about the Rascon Revenge. Okay. No, Corey, well, you need to like give us your highlights. Would you like? The the highlight for me is easy. I, I wrote about it. I tweeted about it. I said it in our discord. It was daughter of the sea sung live. That was just such a, such an amazing moment. Everything with the voice actors they did this time around uh every every blizzcon they've increased the, the voice actor presence and this year we got two different voice actor panels geek and sundry had about six different voice actors on it as well and the voice actors were at the community night they're everywhere and they're just such a great presence and yeah and that, everything, everything so darren DePaul hosted by the way he hosted a panel the build a panel thing uh it was astonishing to watch him because he he stayed in character for the whole panel he was he playing a character is, and he stayed. He is something else. That man he's is some, he's a treasure. Yes. <laughs> get him to come back every year and do that again. Just get him to host community night. Get him to do that. Yeah, you Corey, found the guy. Corey reminded me, yes, the voice actor panels were absolutely fantastic. They didn't have any news or anything with them. It was just the voice actors talking about how they do what they do, but they were absolutely fascinating. And yeah, it was the um I think it was the Voices of War Alliance versus Horde one from yesterday. That was the one where Laura Bailey at the very end of it, instead of doing a Q&A, they had Laura Bailey come out and she performed Daughter of the Sea with the people from Blizzard, like the original composer and all the people. They came out and they did it live. It was crazy. It was so good. But the other really good thing from that panel was watching Talanji's voice actress. Uh, I forget her last name. It's Susan, Susan, Susan. Susan Wakama. Susan Wakala, yeah, watching her completely lose her mind upon seeing a Talanji cosplayer in the audience, it was so precious. I, I about died. It was just, those panels are so worth watching. So yeah, if you haven't seen them, go watch the, you know, the video on demand versions of them. They're worth it. Sorry, Corey, didn't mean to step on you there. Anything else? No. Yeah. Did, did we ever amazing. mention Lost Honor? No, we didn't mention Lost Honor. It's okay. Guys, we're gonna I cover it. I, I, I know. We, we're gonna cover it in detail on Lore Watch tomorrow, so it's okay. Lost Honor was very good, but but at some point I need to use the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> no, I do too, man. <laughs> we need to wrap it. We need to wrap it up. So we're gonna go ahead and just kind of call it here because it's been an hour and a half, and we're very tired. 
but Blizzard Watch. It's made possible due to the generous contributions at patreon.com slash blizzardwatch, and your continued support means that this podcast site and community is able to thrive and grow. Blizzard Watch supporters enjoy exclusive benefits like early access to the podcast, a better chance at having your question answered on our podcast or the queue, and an ads-free site experience. And, you know, from me, from everybody here, thank you guys so much. Uh, thank you guys for being on the show, by the way, all of you. It really does help, yes. especially with a big thing like BlizzCon. Uh, and guys, uh, this has been the Blizzard Watch Podcast wait, 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 Special wait, wait, Edition. Wait, 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 before you sign out. Okay. We're, gonna, we're, we're taking emails for next Wednesday. You tell them where to email us. <laughs> Please send us emails at podcast at blizzardwatch.com with podcast with Blizzard Watch in the subject line. Um, so we know, therefore, the podcast this Wednesday. You can ask us anything about BlitzCon you want. That's not a problem. That's what we're here for. So, uh, But that's the show, guys. Thank you for all for being here. Thanks for being here for this special show. And we'll be here in like three days. 